Since 2012, American Field has been the go-to resource for brands big and small to connect with consumers across the country. In 2020, we took to the airwaves, connecting you to makers and doers from wherever you're listening. I'm Lucas Fitz from Small Hand, inviting you to join me in learning the stories behind my favorite brands in the AF network, from the mouths of bright entrepreneurs from coast to coast. Welcome to AF Fireside. Hey there, everybody. Welcome back to AF Fireside. We are continuing our recent trend on talking to brands that will be popping up with us in Austin in, well, I don't know when you're going to be listening to this, but for me, it's it's less than two weeks. Uh, we'll be headed down to Texas to join up with the likes of American Providence, one of my favorite companies uh, in the body care sphere. Welcoming Kyle LaFond onto the podcast. Kyle, welcome. Hey, thanks for having me. I appreciate it, Lucas. Yeah, absolutely. We're, we're stoked to have you joining us in Texas all the way from Wisconsin. Is that uh, going to be a climate shift for you? Are you in, in warm time yet? Or is Wisconsin, I assume, is a place that's like kind of cold year round? It's kind of cold year round. Spring <laughs> has finally hit. I think today okay. is probably the first day of the year. So it's it's May 9th. And I think today is the first day of the year we're actually going to be above 70. So, wow. you know, welcome to the Great White Plains. I, I, you know what, that sounds better than here in Massachusetts. We have like last week was all 50 and rainy and dreary. Uh, today is like a pretty nice day, but it's supposed to hit like mid eighties in the middle of the week, which means the humidity is back. So I would, I would take that. I'll take layers all year round. <laughs> there you go. That's one thing that's nice about Wisconsin. Yes, de- definitely. It's a good place for guys with beards, I think. Yes. <laughs> So tell me a little bit about the brand. Tell me, um, give me, give me the high level understanding. Sure. American Providence. So uh, the brand itself uh, somewhat shadows uh, my career. Um, Believe it or not, way back when I was a former middle school and high school science teacher. Um, At some point, yeah, they trust me with these impressionable young minds and I tried not to do too much damage. Um, Tried being the key word. Sure. Uh, But one of the things that uh, nobody ever told me throughout any one of my teacher education programs is that kids going through puberty, they stink. They smell so bad. I already love this story. (laughs) <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm talking about boys, girls, everybody between yeah. VO and hormones and lunches and sporting equipment and bags and shoes. I mean, my classroom just, it was terrible. Um, so, uh, you know, one of the things that parents do is they, they understand that their kids stink at that stage of life. So they buy them all kinds of products. And I'm talking about these name brand body sprays and colognes and perfumes. We sure. all know what I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. Parents buy these for the kids to uh, cover up their, their BO. Uh, with unknowingly uh, understanding that those products contain all kinds of harsh chemicals. So for me, I got to a point where after a few years in the classroom and just breathing this noxious stuff all day long, every day, I thought, hey, my kids deserve better. So uh, basically what I did was I created this project where I showed my kids how to make cosmetics using primarily household ingredients. And uh, became very popular. I had kids that I wouldn't have in class for another year or two who would catch me before school, after school, during lunch. Hey, Mr. LaFont, are we going to make deodorant? Absolutely. It's real world applicable science. You guys are into it. I'm into it. So um, yeah. And then it just grew from there. So after a number of years, I basically stockpiled this huge amount of products that I had made in class and didn't really know what to do with them. So I gave them out to friends and family members. And uh, within a couple of weeks, everybody came back at me and said, Hey, this is better than the stuff I've been buying in the grocery store or the pharmacy for years. You got something that might have some potential here. And uh, at that point, I was about ready to uh, leave the world of education and do something else. And uh, I thought, hey, let's give this a shot. And so 
what I did was I actually approached my mom at that point and asked her if I could renovate one of my grandfather's old machine sheds on our family farm. And uh, my mom, being the gracious woman that she was, she said, yeah, absolutely. Go for it. That sounds like a lot of fun. So uh, I spent about six months, uh, plenty of blood, sweat, tears, swear words, basically building out our first manufacturing facility. Pretty shoddy construction. I'm not going to lie about that. Um, <laughs> but it was, a, it was a great place for us to launch the business. And it kind of put us in this, this really nice lineage of businesses that have started in somebody's garage or attic or shed yeah. or basement that have gone on to grow. So basically, we're, we're living out my best American, American-made dream here uh, by building the business that we have. Very cool. Yeah, you are uh, in a line of, of great brands that we've had on the podcast that have uh, a similar type of story like that, but you have a different lead in, <laughs> different lead into that story that I've ever heard before. I, I love it. That's great. So you yeah, said I've that um, you were you were kind of in a transitional period uh, into, you know, maybe not being in the education system anymore. What um, in terms of like a, the lifestyle change, what was similar? from going from being a teacher to being an entrepreneur and, and what were, what was a learning curve for you? Yeah, I think the similarities really are commitment. Um, I don't think teachers get enough credit for just how committed they are to their kids. You know, yeah. being a teacher, it's not a nine to five job. You know, it's uh, about the course of the school year. It's around the clock. I mean, I was the kind of teacher where I would always have extra food or gum or deodorant uh, in my mm-hmm. desk. So when people came in and they were needed something, I could help them out. And, you know, the long hours, the being there, you know, three hours before the first bell rings and three hours after the last bell rings, people don't realize that uh, the teachers put in that kind of time and, and that kind of commitment. And it's very similar to having your own business. You know, once you launch a business, you're all in. Uh, I don't know of any single entrepreneur that I've ever met that has put in a half-hearted effort and been successful. Um, so taking those lessons from being in the classroom and uh, realizing that it takes a certain amount of dedication and pride has really helped out. And for me, uh, with confidence, uh, I tell folks all the time, whenever I give deliveries or sales pitches, everyone says, geez, Kyle, that's that's a really good pitch. How'd you do that? Well, I stood in front of 30 middle school kids for you know, yeah. <laughs> 120 days a year. And if, uh, if you get by that audience, uh, you can do fairly well with just about anybody. Yeah. <laughs> middle school kids. Exactly. They're a pretty tough audience. So that really helped me in terms of, of selling and, and how to relate to people. In terms of differences, uh, I will admit, uh, summer times were nice when I was teaching. Yeah. You, know, you have a few weeks off where basically you can kind of unwind and recalibrate. Whereas unfortunately, when you own your own business, it's uh, 24-7, 365. So sure. I honestly, I can't tell you the last time I took a vacation or any substantial time off. Um, it's just the grind, you know, that's, yes. that's how we do it here in the States. Uh, we put our minds to something and, and keep going. So the difference is, yeah, I, I do miss that vacation time. Um, but, uh, in the long run, this will pay off. Totally. It won't be like that forever for you. I'm sure. Exactly. exactly. There, there will be a breaking point <laughs> for better or worse. Right. <laughs> oh man. Pretty how much. about, um, you know, it, I, obviously there's so much that's, uh, wrong and in peril with the education system right now, but, um, I have a lot of close friends that are teachers. I've taught in various times. I, I know the gratifying parts of it as well. What, um, is there anything from that past life that isn't being satisfied now in your life as an entrepreneur? Oh, geez. People ask me if I miss teaching and I tell them, you know, I don't miss my coworkers. I don't miss my principal or administrators. Um, I don't miss parents. Parents are the worst, yeah. uh, but I still, I miss the kids. Uh, I miss yeah. having that interaction. Um, I've told folks that uh, I wish that I would have kept a journal and written down all the funny stuff that my kids had over the course of my career. Yeah. Cause man, 
I could have written a book and sold that for millions of dollars just based on the funny <laughs> stuff they said, not even knowing it. Sure. Um, and just being a part of those kids' lives. Um, some of the neater things that I've done, I've run across former students, you know, on about these days. I was in a former student's wedding last year. That was fun. Wow. And uh, it's kind of the same thing. You know, I, I really made a point when I was teaching to tell my kids that I was proud of them. And uh, whenever they hadn't realized their potential, I said, hey, congratulations. You've done something really special here. You should be proud of yourself. I'm proud of you. And to have former students turn around on me and say, hey, Mitch LaFond, I'm really proud of you. You know, you had a dream, you pursued it, and look at you now. So to have that come to that full 180 has been very, very rewarding. Wow. Very cool. Very, very cool. I'm sure we could talk about this all day, but I want to dive into the product a little bit more. Um, sure. I want to hear about what's what's changed since uh, in the, the middle school biology lab. Uh, what what makes what makes this deodorant and these products uh, what they are? So there's a couple of things. Uh, number one, we focus on minimal ingredients and very simple formulations. So most of our products have seven or few ingredients. We don't put anything in our products that doesn't need to be there. Uh, when I tell folks to make comparisons between our products and our competitors' products, the first thing I say is, hey, number one, uh, first product impression. So take a look. What does our product look like compared to with ones you're using? And unfortunately, in men's grooming, a lot of the stuff from these larger corporations is uber-masculine and just kind of goofy. Arctic misk, ocean ray, like, what do those smell like? What yeah. does that even mean? no idea so you know we're at that stage where we're trying to encourage guys to you know graduate a little bit evolve a little bit and stop using the stuff that you've been using since middle school and try something that's a little bit more sophisticated so uh, with the appearance of our products we really want that to kind of elicit folks to grab them pick them up off the shelf and then again not be embarrassed of them when someone sees them in their bathroom or in their bedroom um, and then second in product compression the stuff actually works um, so for us when you compare our labels, our back labels with those of our competitors, anytime you look at one of our competitors, the first, second, or third ingredients are always going to be water or agua. Water is just a filler, and it's also for ease of application. But anytime you include water in a product, what are you doing? You're just cheapening the ingredient, you're cheapening the product as well. And when you use water, because water is such a fantastic harbor of bacteria, you have to use some type of preservative to offset that bacterial growth. By the fact that we don't use water in any of our products, we don't have to use preserves. We don't have to use chemicals. We don't have to rely on any of that stuff. Plus, our products, because they're not watered down, they're going to last a lot longer. It kind of sounds gross, but I tell folks that price per swipe, our deodorants are the best value out there. Cool. Price per swipe. I have not heard that one. <laughs> this is a whole episode of first. Oh. So... Um, I will say I worked for Whole Foods for a long time um, in the, you know, maybe five of the 10 times in my life that I've forgotten to put deodorant happened while I was working there. And I, I had, have bought like a natural stick of deodorant a time or two, like, you know, super earthy, crunchy. And I felt like it, it felt like it didn't work. Um, what, can, what First of all, is, is the American Providence uh, product, is that like is that in the world of, of natural, all natural? What's kind of the relationship there? And, and what does that mean to you? Yeah, so we're definitely in the world of natural. And uh, what that means to me is this whole evolution. I mean, think about like the durance, natural durance you might have used years ago. Durance themselves have really improved. Uh, mm -hmm. I'll be the first one to admit that a lot of the original natural and organic durance on the market, they're bad. Just yeah. Not good. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and I think over time, uh, a lot of these products are, have really improved. Um, I think some folks have realized that you don't need to get a product for, product perfect right away. There's time to change and times to time to basically make improvements. 
Uh, so for us, we're even tweaking our, our formulations every now and again, small, simple tweaks, but just to make sure that they're as effective as possible. So for us, the, the drying agents we use, the scents we use, everything's better than it was years ago. Um, so yeah, there are some that still have kind of those negative connotations around natural organic products. And again, that's because those products were early on. There's been a world of change and a world of improvements. Good. That sounds like important context to know that, uh, I'm sure big deodorant doesn't want, doesn't want out there in the world, (laughs) but we're going to take that down together, aren't we? That's right. Corporate deodorant sucks. That's all I gotta say. Yeah. I mean, I, I will, uh, I will come out and say that I am still using the same deodorant I used in middle school, but I might have like two weeks left of that. It sounds like. <laughs> I think so. I'm, I'm going to be sure that you don't leave the event without deodorant. I'm, I'm going to load you up. Don't worry about that. I love it. I will probably be reapplying multiple times. We're going to 95 degree Austin. <laughs> so um, yeah, exactly. So someone uh, is new to the brand coming on for, uh, for the first time, wants to try a product. Uh, where do you recommend uh, so that the customer starts? Uh, first thing, figuring out what scent they like, but more importantly, what scent who's ever closest to them likes. Yeah, that's um, important. <laughs> it, it's kind of a funny thing. So we make 10 different deodorant scents. And uh, so we've got four that are strictly essential oils, a blend of three different essential oils. We get some of these fragrance oils. And then we have two that are just straight up single note. We've got one that's a patchouli and one that's a lavender. Um, I don't necessarily believe in like deodorant strong enough for a man, but made for him. I don't believe any of that stuff, yeah. right? Yeah. You know, there's no such thing as the deodorant police. You can wear wherever you want to wear. Right. And where the story is going is basically, I've got a, a friend who's a former NFL football player, about six, seven, you know, a huge man. Yeah, and, NFL uh, football player. <laughs> yeah, he, he called me one day and said, hey, is it, is it all right if I wear your lavender deodorant? And I said, yeah, absolutely. Nothing against that. He's like, awesome, because my wife loves how it smells on me. Mm-hmm. So uh, there's the long story that, you know, you have to wear deodorant that uh, people around you are going to appreciate. Yeah. One of the things that we've done with, with our companies, we've been very intentional. You know, if you think about uh, some of our competitors, they just blow away a room. The scent is yeah. so strong. So we've really focused on being subtle. Uh, and I really want only the person that's wearing our products and those closest to them to be able to smell them. Mm-hmm. It's interesting. Um, it reminds me of a couple of conversations I've had, uh, both with brands at American Field Events and a couple of candle brands that I've talked to on the podcast here. Uh, I, uh, not living there now, but the last place I was living was like 10 minutes away from the Yankee Candle flagship store. So it feels like a similar phenomenon there where it's like, there, there are times where you know, the garbage stays in the kitchen for too long and you need to like bomb a room with the Yankee Candle candle. I, I won't say that they don't have their time in place. But oh my God, since I got involved uh, with AF and started going to these markets and had all like such a high density of well-made candles, that changes your life a lot. And it's worth that premium price for sure. It is. I mean, some of that stuff, you know, you walk into your house and it just smells like a chemical factory. Yeah. That's not good. Yeah. It's not good (laughs) at all. Uh, It's a pumpkin spice phenomenon. So um, the brand doesn't stop with deodorant though. There's there's more, right? yeah, we make a whole bunch of different products. So we really Tell me focus about the rest. On, yeah, so we focus on men's essentials. So basically anything that a guy's going to need to shower and shave. When I think about like getting up in the morning and the products that I need, those are the products that we make. And what we do is we make all of our products in the same scent. So what that means is I always, I always used to get annoyed at the fact that I'd be wearing something in my hair that smelled different than my armpits, smelled different than my sure. cologne. 
So uh, having the same scent throughout uh, really is kind of unique for us. So the other products we make, we make a hair pomade, which is really nice. We make oh, cool. a beard balm, a beard oil, an aftershave. We do a body wash. And we're coming out with some new products. We're coming out with a two-in-one shampoo and conditioner. We're coming out with a reformulated body wash. And then coming out with some bar soaps and lotions here uh, in the next two months. Um, wow. So for us, yeah, we've kind of a lot of stuff coming up yeah. in big time for the company because again i really want to focus on everyday men's essentials stuff that guys like you and me have come to rely on over the years and use every time we get up and go out the door totally is this um it's so for a company that has you know a, me, a medium range of SKUs, uh it sounds like you're adding a lot of new things at the same time that's like you're adding 30 to 40 percent depth is that first of all is that normal for you and if so no. that's crazy <laughs> <laughs> like you are, it sounds like you really have a lot going on right now. Yeah, it is crazy. It's all been intentionally timed, right? With the pandemic yeah. the past couple of years, we realized that uh, people's wallets have been tight, um, uh, tough, tough times with our economy. And yeah. now as hopefully we come out of this, I think a lot of people are, a lot of men are making a very conscious decision to get away from some of the products they've been using for years and years and years and looking towards more healthy alternatives. So what I want to do is I want to meet guys where they're at. So basically I want to make products that they're looking for, that they want, that they want to incorporate in their lifestyle that perhaps they never used before. You know, we're taking a cue from some of our competitors as well. So I already mentioned Dr. Squatch once. You think about their sales and you think about their soaps, you know, their soaps are contract manufactured. Uh, that company, yeah. it's a marketing company. Um, right. So for us to actually make our own products, our own facility with our own hands, I think that's a huge advantage. So we can make some really nice stuff that's much higher quality than stuff that some of our competitors have out there. The other thing they were doing with uh, our reformulated body wash and our two-in-one, we're going to be one of the first companies out there with infinitely recyclable bottles. So those are coming wow. aluminum bottles. And same thing I'm talking about, like natural products and aluminum bottles. Aluminum bottles and the technology, the nanotechnology of the inner lining of a lot of these aluminum bottles has become much, much better. So you don't have that kind of metallic or or kind of gross um, scent or feel. Yeah. So I really want to get away from single-use plastics. That's kind of been part of my platform since day one. Um, as a former science teacher, I realized that some of our products with single-use plastics, it's just not good for the environment for anybody. So we're doing all we can to turn towards more responsibly sourced packaging that uh, can be recycled time and time and time again. So I'm really, really excited about those aluminum bottles coming out. Wow. Any uh, any kind of general advice that goes beyond just your industry for folks that are in uh, product development and, and bringing new products to the forefront? Um, I always say do it now. Uh, again, yeah. you're never going to have you never have the perfect product uh, the first time out. So mm -hmm. just constantly reevaluate, look at things. Um, I would say you know chart your competitors, but don't don't copy them. Uh, one of the things that we've done, we've kind of taken a look at the market to see what other companies are making and discovering, hey, maybe that's not for us. Maybe that's not yeah. our niche. Maybe that's not who we want to be. So we make some products that are unique to us and that we feel men are going to use. Um, it's kind of funny. I've got people all the time that come up and say, hey, you should make this or you should make that. And it happens so often that my standard line is, hey, that's a great idea. I can't wait to see you make that when you have your own company. Yeah. That'd be great. <laughs> um, <laughs> because uh, running a small business, it does have its challenges. I know these people are just trying to be nice and trying yeah. to point in the right direction. I, I get it. Um, but there is a lot of time, effort, and money tied up in product development. Totally. And that's something that I think that I don't think a lot of folks realize is that, hey, if you decide to launch a new product, you're talking about 50 to 100 grand right there, um, yeah. just in terms of 
the research, labeling, bottling, marketing, shipping, logistics, I mean, you name it. So it's not cheap. So you're right on the head that, uh, you know, we've been developing these products the past couple of years, but because of the pandemic, we didn't feel the time was right to bring them out. Now that kind of thing's opening up again, uh, I think you're going to see a lot of really cool uh, products at the market. Uh, there's more to that as well. I think a lot of grocers and pharmacies over the course of the past two years, they just haven't had the personnel to put new products on the shelf. Sure. So I think what you're going to see, uh, probably in the next six to 12 months, you're going to see a lot of great new products out there, new to the market that folks can try and enjoy. Very cool, man. I, I love hearing you talk about your business. I, I can't help but kind of notice the scientific approach that you take to things, which is so different than the way that I think about things. <laughs> uh, but I, I don't know if I would have picked up on that if I didn't have the context for like your your past career and your past life. Do you, do you agree with that kind of analysis? Definitely. I go through an entire scientific process uh, when we're putting together new products, uh, when I'm talking to folks, when I'm figuring out and strategizing what our company's going to look like. So uh, we do the whole SWOT analysis. I've got an OGSM framework that I run the business on. So there are all kinds of inputs uh, to figure out the direction for our, for our company. It's one of those things when, when you're a young company and fresh out the gate, you make a lot of decisions just based on gut. And you have to because you don't have the time or the resources to put together any type of projections or models or doing the like really kind of arduous legwork. Now that we're at a point where we're a larger company, everything is numbers driven. So yeah. we take a look at where we are, where we need to be and how we get there and uh, put the time and effort in. So it's great to be at a point where we can justify our decisions based on numbers rather than just going with our gut. Sure. System, system, systems, right? That's yes. That's what numbers are for. <laughs> oh, cool, man. Well, I'm really looking forward to learning more and, and getting to hang out in Austin in a couple of weeks. For folks that aren't going to be able to make it down to Texas for the Hill Country Hoedown, where is the best place to learn more about the brand and, and see what y'all are up to? Yes, we've got a beautiful webpage, just AmericanProvenance.com. Uh, our social handles, uh, AP Deodorant and Amuse, we're on Facebook as well, LinkedIn, Twitter, all kinds of stuff. We haven't gone the TikTok route yet. Um, okay. Hopefully at some point we'll explore that. You don't seem um, like a TikTok guy. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I've, I've, tried, I've tried to put some dances on there, but nobody sure. follows me. So yeah, that's okay. That's okay. <laughs> <laughs> You'll be all right. <laughs> there you uh, go. Yeah, I, I don't think I need that as part of my life. No, me neither. <laughs> Good one is enough. <laughs> awesome, man. Well, thank you so much for the rundown. Uh, looking forward to trying out in a couple of weeks. Sounds good, Lucas. Thank you for the opportunity. I appreciate it. Absolutely. Talk soon. <laughs> I'm Lucas Fitz, and this is AF Fireside. To learn more about all the brands featured on the podcast, check out fireside.shopaf.co. And don't forget to subscribe to us on your streaming platform of choice. Thanks for listening.